I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a look at music's effect on our everyday lives. A mutual friend, Doug Schmidt, recently connected me with today's guest, Billy Sadler. My longtime piano technician is on hiatus due to the pandemic, so I needed a piano tuner. Doug put me in contact with Billy. When Billy came to tune my piano, he and I had a great time chatting, and I was having so much fun hearing about some of his piano tuning experiences. And I finally said, we need to hold this conversation until I can get it recorded for a podcast episode, because other people would also enjoy hearing these stories. So thank you, Billy, for humoring me by coming back to tell me more about your experiences. And thank you to Doug for connecting us. Billy Sadler has been an independent piano tuner and technician since 1971. He is currently the concert technician for Schmidt Music and Steinway Artist Concerts and for universities, including the University of Minnesota and Hamlin University. He has extensive experience as a tuning examiner, lecturer, and private instructor. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Billy. Well, great to be here with you, Mindy. Well, thanks again for coming back to tell me more about your experiences. Piano tuners really get to interact with a broad swath of people, including performing celebrities, stage crew, academics, and everyday families with kids taking lessons. You interact with people on stage, backstage, in their workplaces, and in their homes. I asked you to send me a picture that I could use as the feature photo for this episode. Uh, For listeners who haven't yet visited the episode page on my website, you can see the picture there or by clicking in the show notes right in your podcast app. Billy, can you start off by telling us about the picture that that you sent to me to use. Yeah, that's uh, Menachem Pressler. That was a concert for uh, Music in the Park, and uh, he was just this, he, he and I had a great time. He was so sweet. Um, and before you tell guy. us more about that time the picture was taken, for listeners who aren't familiar with him, just tell us a little bit about who he is. Well, um, <laughs> I wish I could tell you more at the time. That, that was probably probably about eight years ago, and I could probably told you more about him then than I can now. Okay. Um, he was playing uh, with a quartet, and it was just a, a marvelous performance. He's uh, He really inspired, has inspired a lot of people. That's all I know about him, really. Yeah. Um, well, he, he is a well-known pianist. He's Israeli-American, and before yeah. he was a famous pianist, he fled Nazi Germany with his family in 1939. So I'm sure he has some incredible life stories to tell as well. So it was about yeah. eight years ago that the picture was taken? Yeah, I think it was eight years ago, maybe somewhere in there. Okay. It sounds about right. Okay. And they, you, t- you tuned the piano for this event that he was playing at the concerts in the park? That's correct. That is correct. And, uh, you know, I don't often get to have as much interaction with artists as I did with him. And there are a few uh, that I have. Uh, just recently, Angela Hewitt came to uh, Plymouth, uh, and I had a lot of interaction with her from the selection of the piano all the way unexpectedly. <laughs> uh, I went to the concert, of course, and uh, she was having me kind of be her errand boy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <In> addition, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of... I. It was a little bit awkward, actually. Um, she had this foot pedal that she used uh, for her iPad. 
And um, she she said, I want you to put this down just before the concert. There's a little mark on the floor. I want you to pick it up before the intermission and bring it to me in my dressing room. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And then I want you to bring it back when I'm ready to go back out. So that was... I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) that's what you want me to do. So, uh, you know, here I am getting kind of a lot of visibility in front of a lot of people, which I'm I'm not necessarily all that comfortable with. Um, And that, you know, I'm mostly a backstage kind of person or in the background person. Uh Do you know what she wanted to do with the pedal during intermission in her dressing room? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she changed the battery. I, I didn't stay in the dressing room okay. to find out. <laughs> okay. uh, we, you know, we talked about the piano, and uh, she's a very particular person. I know she's she's been known to cancel her concerts because the piano's not good enough. That's happened oh. several times. And and I turned to her and I said, no, Angela, you know, you play all over the world. I said, you tried three of my pianos. I said, I you know, I don't – I'm." getting up there in age right now. I don't really care. So I just want to know, how does my pianos compare to the rest of the pianos you played? Mm-hmm. I mean, are they are they better? Are they mediocre? Or what, mm-hmm. you know, it's, say your honest opinion. She goes, oh, my dear, these pianos are better than most of the pianos I've played on. She, oh, said, wow. <laughs> she said she was at the Lincoln Center. She was at the Lincoln Center. And the, there wasn't a single piano there that she could play, and they finally brought one in from a private donor, something like that. Really? Same thing. Ha- same thing happened to her. It was either there or Chicago that that happened. Oh I'm wow! Sitting, I'm sitting there with my jaw open. These two great big venues, and she couldn't play one of the pianos because they weren't good enough. Wow! And where uh, was it that she was playing on the piano in Minnesota, one, Plymouth? Uh, uh, she was playing at Plymouth Congregational Church. She she came to Schmidt's. I worked with her. I, I knew which because I listened carefully to all her recordings, and I knew which piano she would pick because oh, wow. just from listening to her, I'm like, oh, she's going to pick that one, <laughs> you know. So you and, could tell from the piano she had played on that she liked something that was either bright or more mellow. light, light and fast, and with some with some clarity. Um, that's the way she plays. You know, she didn't need a big fat uh, concerto, and she didn't really. She really plays. You know, she uh, she a lot of nuance in her playing, and you know she played all seven of the toccatas. It, it was an amazing performance. I, I was it was stunning to hear her play, and uh, uh, I enjoyed it very much. Um, so, well, tell, yeah. I want to make sure that we have time for you to explain the story that you told me about tuning the piano for Van Cliburn and meeting his mother and, and that story. Tell us about that. And oh that was gosh. kind of early on in your career, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was that's terrified me. And a lot of people <laughs> I've told that story many times, so it's easy to tell it. But it, it's such a uh, kind of a landmark for my career in general as mm. a piano technician. Uh, in working with artists, I was in. I was living in Duluth, working uh, as a uh, technician for Schmidt Music, as a private contractor, though not as a, an employee, which is the same now till okay. to this day. But uh, I got this call at like ten o'clock at night, and they would say, "Are you Mr. Sadler?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm Mr. Sadler." He said, "Well, we're very upset. A brand new piano was delivered." And we cannot we cannot hear it over the orchestra, and we're told you can do something about it. Uh-huh. So uh, I went down, and I spent about an hour and a half working on the piano. And this is and at ten at 11 ten at night. night. 
Yeah, to, to, like, I said, well, you know, it's best if I, because he's, Van Clyburn was going to be playing it the next day. So oh. I, I had, I had no, <laughs> there was no options there other than that. And then, um, and I said, well, I have to come back tomorrow and I have to make sure that what I did isn't uneven and I have to make sure it's balanced. And uh, so I will be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I went back the next day and. Um, and what year was this? Oh Roughly. gosh, seventy four. I, okay. I actually have a customer who was at that concert. and He pulled out the program. Oh, really? <laughs> said, that's that's the one I tuned for. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you were there. He <laughs> says, oh, that was a fabulous concert. The piano sounded great. <laughs> you know, and I'm 23 <laughs> at that time, and okay. so you can imagine uh, as a 23 year old and. I mean, I did a lot of performances all through high school, and but this was different, you know. Sure. <laughs> this was, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty much, I, I finished the work. I wanted to go home, tell you the truth, you know, because I, I just, it was making me really uncomfortable. What if something went wrong, you know? This is and, the next day, the, the day of the concert, right? Yeah, the day about? of the, yeah, the day okay. of the concert. And so, you know, you know, I said, okay, well, I'm done. I'm ready to go. And they go, oh, no, no, we we want you to stay. (laughs) And they had two chairs set up on stage right, and which would be as the audience faces the left side, um, facing the keyboard. Uh (laughs) And, uh, you know, Mr. Clyburn came in and he did a little, you know, rehearsal kind of thing. And I I was terrified, but I said, hello, welcome to Duluth, Mr. Clyburn. I just the piano's okay. He says, oh, yeah, the piano's fine. And so, you know, all right, you know, we're ready to go. And I went and I sat down and and then all of a sudden this elderly woman comes in and it was Van Cliburn's mother. <laughs> and okay, so now if I wasn't already terrified, now I'm totally petrified. So she's sitting uh, right next to you in that second chair. She's right? sitting right next to me in that second chair. And, <laughs> and she, I'm sure she knew I was terrified. She, you know, she, <laughs> cause I was, I, I do remember that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, memory's not always a hundred percent, but you right. know, that, that part of it, my feeling being, Oh my God, this is, <laughs> if, if something goes wrong here, I'm going to lose my life, you know? <laughs> And, um, and, you know, she turns to me and she looks at me, she says, you know, you're the most important person here tonight. Thank you for being here. (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) well, thank you. (laughs) That's like, I don't know, you know, I'd say something different now. I'd probably start asking her questions, but I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything after that. And the concert was a success. And when I got home, I had the program, and there was a $50 bill in my program. A crisp <laughs> that, that you found bill. when you got home? When that I found when I got home, and, you know, I didn't put it there. <laughs> she was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when she did that. I think I got up once to use the washroom, and uh, uh, I think that's when she did it. She was still looking after her little boy, Van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. How, how old was he at that point? Well, this would be towards later, you know, this is pretty late in his career, I think. I think it would have been 1974. You know, he was playing the McDowell Concerto. I do remember that. A lot of trills in the upper register. Um, A long, you know, probably eight measure trill going on and on while he's doing other stuff with the left hand. I just thought it was, you know, was interesting. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. 
Well, one other story that we that you told me that I want to make sure we have time for was about your your meeting with uh, Harry Connick Jr. tuning for him and some of yeah. his pre performance rituals that he partakes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry, that was a beautiful concert. I, I I heard him with his big band. He was with his big band the first time I tuned for him. I tuned for him about four times. I mm. think it was or three. Sometimes, like some of the artists will, their agents will call me and say, you know, uh, Chick Corea's agent calls me and says, well, you know, Chick's coming into town. We want you to, you know, get the piano ready. And uh, some of them, they just work through the concert artist people at Schmitz. And mm-hmm. Harry's people worked with the concert artist, the rental, because he rented one of our concert artist pianos. Yeah, okay. One of my artist concert artist pianos, because they only let me work on them. Mm. Um so I call them mine. They're yeah. not mine. Uh, but we sent a, a piano over, and he was playing at a club that's no longer there in the basement. Uh, it's now a restaurant. I can't think of it. You probably know the name of it. That's in Minneapolis? Yeah, Hell's Kitchen or something like oh, okay. that. okay. Yeah, yeah. But it used to be a jazz club. And we sent a nine-foot over there, and he loved that piano. And, you know, it, it was, sorry, Mr. Connick, it's not for sale. Um, and uh, he got it. <laughs> yeah, so explain it. <laughs> why it wasn't for sale. It was part of the Steinway Artists well, concert the, pianos. Yeah, the, the rental pianos are supposed to stay because they're, you know, we spend a lot of time prepping them and preparing them for artists. And you sell them, then you got to start all over again and mm-hmm. get things ready again. And it's... It's just, we usually keep them for about 10 years and then they come up for sale or they get released. Okay. So, so this yeah, particular so, one was not up for being sold, but no, he really fell in love was, with it. Yeah, he fell in love with it. And I think the, the agents worked through New York. <laughs> to <laughs> so try to thinks, get it for him? He, yeah, I think he got it. It actually came, it went, Minneapolis, New York said, we want that piano, Harry wants it, and they gave it to him, you know. That yeah, way. so he really had to be persistent and pull some strings yeah. to get them to sell that to him. <laughs> yeah, okay. and I haven't actually seen him now for, he hasn't been to Minneapolis for uh, for a long time now. Because oh, he okay. used to come about every other year. I know Tony Bennett comes almost every year. And I'm always tuning for Tony. So oh, Okay. Well, tell us about Harry's kind of pre-performance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm standing, <laughs> I forgot. I'm standing backstage, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for my post-rehearsal touch-up, which is always the case. You know, you do a pre-tuning and then you do a post-tuning. Um, and... Up the stairs comes Harry in boxer shorts with boxer gloves on. <laughs> and I'm like, Harry, you know, <laughs> what, what were you doing? He says, oh, yeah, me and Lucian, we we box downstairs. We always box before a concert. And I'm like, wow. You know, <laughs> he's Lucian a pianist. Lucian is the drummer? Lucian is his trombone player. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so another trombone. person who needs his fingers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, they're wrist, you know, in a piano. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, if you... Yeah, I don't know if that's such a good idea. But yeah, that's what he was doing. They were boxing before the performance, getting their adrenaline up, I guess. I don't know. Oh, wow. Getting, getting pumped up. Wake up. You know? <laughs> I know that you also have a voice mes- message that you sent to me that I'll include a, a little part of that in the outtake. You want to play a part after. of it? Yeah. yeah, I'll include part of that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that voice message. 
Oh, it was Leon Flesher. Um, what a what a nice man. And you know, it's always great for me to have somebody who uh, really recognizes what I can do. Mm. And that's that's the biggest reward, more than money. And I guess maybe I didn't get enough acknowledgement as a kid or something. Maybe it's some sickness. That I have. <laughs> but um, but you know, he. He uh, was played. His wife and him played a concert here in Minneapolis with one of our pianos, and it was one that had just come in, and I really hadn't had much time with it yet. And um, you know, I went in, and I, you know, they said it was too. It wasn't making enough. Similar to what Van Cliburn, it wasn't loud enough. It wasn't making enough sound. It was too hard to play. Mm. And um, I only had an hour and a half to work on it, so it uh-huh. wasn't like. Um, I did the best I could with it, and they they noticed the difference, and they liked it, but they wanted more. Mm-hmm. And so the piano got sent up to her hometown, which is in Wisconsin. It's about halfway up between here and Duluth, you know, mm, and okay. west. And he uh, he calls me, and you'll hear it in the phone message. He calls me and wants he wants the piano made louder and lighter. You know, the touch was too heavy and, there was, you know, it wasn't loud enough. So, And this is a piano uh, that they were purchasing or they no, were? No, this is a rental piano. Okay. This so, was a rental piano. So they were yeah. going to be playing on it in her hometown, playing they a didn't, concert on it? They didn't take the time to make a selection. And that I think at the time that was the only piano available. Mm-hmm. Um, I got shorted one piano. We, we had a couple people come in from Orchestra Hall who didn't like the Orchestra Hall piano and we had to send one of our pianos there and it was just a bunch of pianos getting jostled around. Another piano got sold. I think that was around the time actually that Harry took one of the pianos. So I was down to, I usually have three and I was down to like one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we were waiting for the new one Uh uh, to come, but Leon Flesher uh, was playing our piano, which was newer and hadn't been prepped a lot. And, um, so up it went. And uh, the first time he needed it, this would be the second time he's playing the same piano, but he wanted me to work on it. And he he paid for me to spend, uh, you know, he paid for a hotel and I stayed overnight and I worked on the piano. Hi, Bill Sadler. This is Leon Fleischer. It's Monday afternoon, about 4.15. Uh, I'm in Hayward and I've been working on 165. And... Uh, you know, it was it was changed a lot for Kathy between uh, dress rehearsal and concert, but this is the first time I'm really trying to play on it, and it's killing me. It's just, you know, uh, a whole bunch of things, but basically it's, it's still for my needs and for my, you know, I'm an old man. I can't, I, I don't have the, the muscles to, to overpower the thing. But uh, I think it needs uh, uh, another healthy dose of whatever you gave it before, vitamin B, uh, B complex, and and, uh, all the complexes that you can think of. I'm wondering if uh, Wednesday afternoon is not sufficient time for you to deal with the piano. I'm just wondering as a thought, would it be possible perhaps if you needed it if you needed it to please uh, come out tomorrow and we'll we'll pay your your uh, hotel or uh, motel bill for overnight if you need to do something 
you know, drastic tomorrow that needs 24 hours to to uh, to happen to the piano. We're absolutely delighted to to have you as a, as a and and he comes in the next day, right? I had finished it and I was pretty, you know, I was pretty sure he was going to like it, but he sat, it was so rewarding because he sat down and he started playing and I could see this big grin on his face and he's, you know, he continues playing and, and all of a sudden he stops in the middle and he turns to me and says, wow, how did you do that? He says, that's amazing. (laughs) He goes, he was just tickled pink. He just loved what I did. He loved the piano. And that piano went on to get selected by a lot of people. And I think it's at McPhail right now. Uh, Mm. They actually ended up buying it. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of the pianos. There's a lot of people on that piano. I have my artist sign it. And he signed it. And Pierre Laurent Amard, he loved that piano. I mean, it just just began to be the one that everybody selected. It was really nice. It went from being... I can't play this piano to being selected, which is a good message for pianists. Just because you play a piano that you don't like doesn't mean it's not a good piano. Wow, yeah, <laughs> you know? I guess so. And explain yeah. what you mean by them signing it. Oh, I have them autograph the cast iron frame. Okay. So if you come see my concert artist pianos, you'll see all these people who have signed it who have played it. <laughs> yeah. And is that common practice? Do a lot of people have uh, artists sign the pianos that they really like or not? I, I do it because I think it's interesting yeah. to people. And uh, I think uh, after the 10 years, you know, people get something for somebody to talk about. You know, they can have that oh, yeah. in their home with all those famous people signing, Definitely. You know, having signed it. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a nice thing to do for folks for when it gets sold. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the story that you were telling me when you were at my house tuning my piano, where I where I stopped you and said, wait, wait, you know, we need to hold this conversation until I can get all this on <laughs> record. I think you were talk- talking to me about Chris Teal's dad meeting him. Oh, was yeah, it on Prairie. Prairie Home Companion? Well, it yeah. wasn't called that anymore. I have a lot of Prairie Home Companion stories. Oh, do you? <laughs> but yeah. But um, yeah, that was interesting. I, I did. I met Chris Teal's dad, and he says, "You know, I'm a piano tuner." And I said, "You are. Would you like to? Would you like to tune for your son?" He goes, "Oh no, no, no!" <laughs> like, uh, and I said, "Well, your son is one of the most talented people I've ever seen. I, he's just so amazing and so incredible." Um, I, I've, I had times with uh, with Garrison Keeler as well at the state fair. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'll tell you this last story. It was pouring, pouring, pouring rain, like buckets and buckets of water and um they were gonna they almost canceled and it it finally stopped right and but they're out there and i'm supposed to tune and the show's supposed to start in like 15 minutes and they're out there with leaf blowers motorized leaf blowers and so i thought well, maybe if I had a microphone and a headphone, I could hear the piano, you know. Oh, my so, word. So they set me up with a microphone and a headphone. And you know what? Microphones pick up leaf blowers, too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I'm like, what an idiot I am, you know, to think that we could, you know. So I made them stop. <laughs> yeah, guys got to give me 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's usually all I have sometimes is 10 minutes just before a concert. Oh, wow. Now, but, I noticed yeah. on the resume that you sent to me, it included Paisley Park Studios. What, oh, yeah. I've been on. Tell me what you did over there. I tuned their pianos. Oh, you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did. 
So I this did. is back when Prince was performing there? Yeah, yep. And Takumi, who was the guitar technician, took me down into the basement, showed me all the guitars hanging up down there. I said, holy cow, this is a lot of guitars. <laughs> um, but, you know, I actually signed a thing saying that I won't talk about anything out there, and I probably just can now be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I tuned for Nora Jones out there. She oh. did a concert. Um, yeah. Oh. I've been out to Paisley Park. I think it's okay to say I worked out there. I, sure. Yeah. I actually have never been out there. And now that it's open as a museum, I need to get out there and see it. Yeah. Um, there's a, a video studio, and then there's a place where you used to have kind of small gatherings. And then there's two studios that I worked in. And then he has this piano. He had this piano with a motorized lid. It was made by Schimmel. Mm. And the lid had his symbol on top, and mm-hmm. you push a button, and the the grand top came up, <laughs> opened up, <laughs> and uh, it was custom made. And I heard he paid like three hundred thousand dollars for it, or something. Oh wow! I heard. I, I didn't. I don't know if that's true, uh-huh. but uh, I also heard he wanted to use it on his road show, and he took the action out of it the real piano action out of it, uh-huh. took the strings out of it and put a digital piano in the oh, case wow. so that he could have the case, but not the piano. Oh. He used a digital piano instead. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you have obviously worked with some very famous customers. A silver lining of the pandemic for those of us commoners <laughs> is that you have more availability and can tune our pianos. I am yeah. including a link in the show notes of how listeners can contact you for an appointment if they'd like. How far do you go within the metro area for tuning and working on pianos? Uh. Well, I'm down in Eden Prairie and up in White Bear. So I go to uh, the Performing Arts Center in Burnsville. Okay. Uh, and so they really... aren't having any, they aren't having any concerts either. So sure. So you really <laughs> get around to the full metro area and beyond. Yeah. If somebody wants to put you up in a hotel, like Leon Flusher did. Yeah, I go to Omaha. You know, every year to work on the college <sighs> pianos. Oh, yep. Yep, because you're working yep. with the university out there and have for quite a just while. The ni- just the nine foots. They have a tuner who does the other stuff, and oh, okay. I do the get them ready for the school year tweaking. <laughs> okay. Well, I found it interesting that you have worked with pianos for so long. You're so talented at working with them, and yet you're really a guitar guy, right? I mean, you sent me a song of you playing the guitar that I can that you gave me permission to share as yeah. as part of our coda here. Uh, tell us about the song that we're going to be sharing with listeners of you playing guitar and about your relationship with guitar. I started playing guitar when I was in third grade because my father didn't want the piano playing in the house when he was home Mm. so this was a more intimate way of playing and i picked a guitar in new britain connecticut because i grew up in connecticut with uh, one of my uh, sister's boyfriends took me there he was real familiar with the (laughs) with the little spanish shops there and i got this guitar from brazil Mm. and i just loved it and i played it immediately I mean, nobody had to teach me. Hmm. Tell me about the song that you sent to me that I'll I'll be playing for listeners. It's kind of a a reflection of uh, a place I went when early on in my relationship with my wife. Hmm. And uh, it's there's a lake, and uh, this kind of came out of that that image of that lake and uh, being there on the dock, just sitting under the stars, and uh, that's what it's about. 
you so much to Billy for sharing these fun behind the scenes stories from his experiences with some of these talented people. If anyone from over at McPhail listens to this episode and you do have the piano that Leon Fleischer played and signed, I would love to have you send me a picture of it in its current home, including a picture of the cast iron frame with all the signatures on it of the artists who loved it enough to sign it. If I do get any pictures, I will add those to the show notes. As I mentioned, I was fortunate enough to have Billy tune my piano. I do have a couple pictures in the show notes of him working on my piano. If you have any fun backstage stories to share, I'd love to hear them. You can connect with me on email, social media, or my website. You can also send me a voice memo that I can share with others in the Enhanced Life with Music community by playing in an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music. I'll leave you with one closing brief story. Yeah. Backstage, Olga Kern. Billy, will you zip up my dress for me? (laughs) (laughs) So I... (laughs) Piano tuner, dress zipper. (laughs) Keeper of foot pedals, you do it all. (laughs) Yeah.